If you have a copy of God's word, turn with me to Hebrews. If you have to look at the outline on the internet, it says Hebrews chapter 2. Not in Hebrews chapter 2. We've already gone through Hebrews chapter 2. So it's, we'll be looking at Hebrews chapter two, uh, 3, verses 7 through 12. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 12 will be our focus here this morning. <clears throat> Hear God's word. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion and on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with it with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts. They have not they have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. This is God's word. May we give heed to God's holy word. The writer of Hebrews, he's had this great fear of the fact that the Jews, these Hebrew Christians have heard the gospel, but there are some who have never fully committed themselves to it. They have heard the gospel, uh, no doubt, from the apostles, and they never committed their lives fully to obey it, to heed it, to give their lives in obedience to Jesus Christ. We've seen in our past text where it says that we're to uh, be faith, uh, that Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. It's not enough to start the Christian race and, 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 and never fully commit yourself to Jesus Christ. The, the author says we must hold fast our confidence and our hope to the end. And, and beloved, the Bible gives us no assurance of eternal life if you do not be diligent in preser uh, preserving in the faith of obedience. The Bible gives us no assurance. This passage is one of the passages that warns us that if we do not take heed to what God has said in his word, to, to, to who Christ is and what God has said about Jesus Christ and harden our hearts to that truth, we have no assurance. We, we have no assurance that we will go to heaven. And so today the author, he will help us see there's a danger. There's a danger for all of us. If we claim and profess faith in Jesus Christ, there's a danger of us hardening our heart in unbelief and rebelling like the people of old 
of Israel. That there's a danger. There's a there's a danger of a rebellious and unbelieving heart that gets exposed to the truth Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, the truth about God, the truth about Christ. You're exposed to the truth over and over again, and you don't respond to that truth. There's a danger in that. And I'm not talking about just truth about who Christ is, belief and faith in Jesus Christ. I'm talking about truth as it is given to us in the word of God entirely. The whole Bible. If we're not, if we don't seek to obey God and, and his word, Old Testament and New Testament, beloved, we're in a dangerous place. We are in a, in a dangerous place. Look, let's look at the text. We'll see here. This is our outline. We'll see a quotation. This is a quotation from Psalm 95, verses 7 through 11. Uh, the quotation, we'll see that in verses 7 through 11 here in our passage in Hebrews. And then we'll see the warning in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. And so that's the outline. We've got a quotation and there's a warning. So look at how the author, he gives an, uh, he's going to start with an example in verse 7. He starts verse 7 with, therefore, this, this is forces us to, to look back to what has just been said in verse six, we see, we just read it, that we're to hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope to the end. Our boasting in Christ, our, our confidence in Christ and who he is and the work that he has accomplished. And, and, and we're to hold fast to that. And, and, and so the, the writer says, therefore, with this in mind, with that, that you made an initial profession of faith, that you have confidence in Christ, he's, he, he's going he's gonna to get the, the, the reader's attention. He, he's going to get their attention by taking them at, back to the Old Testament. He's going to quote from Psalm 95. And, and, and he's going to use David's warning to his own people, to, to, to David and his, the people in his time, his, his warning to them to not imitate the unbelief and disobedience of the Exodus generation. The, the, he says, therefore, he starts with this phrase, as the Holy Spirit says. This reveals something about the, the author's view of Scripture. The, the author has a, a high view of the divine authorship of Scripture. He has a high view of the authority of Scripture. This is why he starts out, as the Holy Spirit says. What follows in verses 7 through 11 is quoted from Psalm 95, verses 7 through 11. This, this, this is attributed to David in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7. The, the author attributes this psalm to David. But here he says, as the Holy Spirit says. The, the, even though David wrote this psalm, it is God, the Holy Spirit, who is speaking. Second Peter chapter one, verse 21 says this for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guided the author to include the author of Psalm 95, which is 
David, the, the Holy Spirit so guided these human authors that they wrote without error, that they wrote the very words of God. So when the scriptures speak, God speaks. The, the, the writer can say in this passage, the, as the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit uh, was at work moving these men to write the very words of God. And so this gives this gives some importance to, to what is being said. So let's, let's go to Psalm 95 and, and read that before we get to our text. Psalm 95, and it's a short psalm, and we'll read it in its entirety. The, the quote that the author Hebrews uses starts in verse 7 and goes through verse 11. But let's start in verse number 1. O come, let us sing to the Lord, let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also are, are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And here is the this. This is the quote that the author of Hebrews is starts with today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah or as the day as on the day. As on the day at uh, Massa in the wilderness. When, the, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof through, though they had seen my work. For 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So this is what the author of Hebrews quotes and he wants us to understand the his readers that he is writing to. He he wants us to understand as we read this text uh, from Psalms, David wanted the people that he was writing to to understand that what is being said applies to us all. What 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 is being said? What we read and and, and notice. He said, as the Holy Spirit says, says is in the present tense. It, it, it doesn't say that the Holy Spirit has said or that he has spoken. He says the Holy Spirit says right now. So, beloved, as we read, as we go through this text, the Holy Spirit is saying something to you is what I'm trying to say. Children, the Holy Spirit is saying something to you about obedience. So take heed and listen to what it is the Holy Spirit has to say to us in God's word. He says, today, if you hear his voice, we just read that in the psalm. Today, if, if you hear his voice, 
this this to today, beloved, if, if you if you hear the, the word of God, if it falls on your ear, it is for you. If you can hear it, it is addressing you. It, it, it is God's authoritative word. It is his timeless truth to you. God's word is always relevant. God's word is always active. Hebrews 4 and 12, it says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So God's word is active. Uh, it, it is speaking to us. It, it is relevant to our lives even now. It, it is relevant to our lives in this fallen world. It is relevant to every man and woman, boy and girl that lives on this earth. No matter if they believe it or not, it is relevant to them. It, say, it is saying something to them. God's word, in other words, is for today. Whenever the word is heard, whenever it is read, it is for that time. Today, today, the author says, today, if you hear his voice, the, the, today is the period of grace. If you're li- if you're if you're sitting here and you hear the word of God, if you're a believer, if you are unbeliever, if you're watching online, today is the day. Today is God's period of grace that he has granted to you to listen to God's word. It, it is today, right now. While you have life in your body, God has something to say to you. You must respond to it. God speaks and there must be a response to what God says. Right now, right now is the time of of God's favor as we delve into God's word. Martin Luther, uh, uh, Martin Lord Jones said this. He said, you must respond. He says, you're always on duty in the Christian life. You're, if you are a believer, you're always there. They, whenever the word is read, whenever the word is preached, you're always on duty to respond to that word. No matter where it comes from, whether it's in Leviticus, whether it's in Ezekiel, whether it's in Isaiah, whether it's in Revelation, whenever the word is read, it, it, it is authoritative. You're to respond to it. You don't sit under the word and be passive. You're, you, you're to hear the word. You, you're to, to, to know what it says. And, to, and, and it's when you hear it and you know it, it demands obedience from you. That's what it, the, the, coming to church should not be a passive activity, particularly when it comes to the hearing of the word of God. Doesn't matter what has happened, has happened through, through the week in your life. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if your mom or dad got onto you before you came to church. Doesn't matter if you as a husband and wife are arguing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're having challenges in your life. What matters is to hearing the word of God and obey. So the author says today, if you hear his voice, this, this is, this is the, the author is, is using David's challenge to, to his people to challenge the people that he is writing to. And I want to challenge you today as well. Today, if you hear his voice, 
you're to respond. But we're going to see in our text what it looks like not to respond to God's word. Here's an example of what it looks like to not to respond to God's word, to turn away from holy God, to turn away from him and 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 go after our own way. This is what it looks like. Look at verse number eight. It, it looks like this. He says, do not harden your hearts as in a rebellion. This is what it looks like. This is it's, it's rebellion. It's rebellion to sit up on the under, up under the word and not respond to it. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. A, 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 a hardened heart here that the author is, is referring to is a it's a fixed attitude of disobedience. It, it's, it's a hardened heart is a is a is a heart that is fixed in disobedience. Fixed in disobedience. It could be like a it could be like a a, a, a a child who is who is being brought to church Sunday after Sunday and they and, and the child complains about going to church. <laughs> complains about going to, to, to church. Perhaps someone in your family complains about church every week. That is close to being a, a hardened heart, a hardened heart that is that is fixed. And these these the people of Israel, they had a, a heart that was fixed in, in disobedience, even though God, his gracious hand had had delivered them like no other. They, they had been in, you know, Israel had been in they, they've been in bondage for for 430 years and God led them out of Egypt, led them out of Egypt with his strong hand. God uh, sent plagues. God sent them a deliverer, Moses. God opened the Red Sea. They saw it. They experienced it. They 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 were there when God opened the Red Sea. They walked through the Red Sea. They crossed on dry ground. And their enemies drowned. They saw that. Even and even though they had been blessed by God, the the the, the people, the people of God, they weren't content with God. They 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 weren't their hearts. Their hearts. Each time God delivered them, God fed them. We'll look at that. God fed them, gave them water. Each time they asked for more. They were they were not content with God and who He is. They act they 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 hardened their hearts. They rebelled. They failed to trust in God. They demanded more and more from God. Look at verse nine. It says, "Where your fathers put me to the test." <laughs> Can you imagine testing God to to see if God is worthy? He said, "Where your fathers put me, they tested God and 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 saw my works for four, for forty years." For 40 years, the children of Israel saw God's work. And and, in Exodus 13 and 21, God went before them as a in the day as a pillar of of cloud and led them at night with a a pillar of fire. God was with them as they traveled. He blessed them time and time again. And every turn, they doubted God. They doubted him as their provider and complained and grumbled. Turn, turn to Exodus 
chapter 15 to get an example of this. Exodus chapter 15, verse starting at verse 22. Listen, listen to this testimony about Israel. Verse 22, it says, then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness of Shur. Look, look what it says. They went three days. They they just saw God part the Red Sea. God delivered them through the Red Sea. They just saw it. They said they went three days into the wilderness and they found no water. What did they do? Did they worship? Did they praise God and, and say, God, you you delivered us through through the Red Sea. We know that you can you can give us water. No, it says when they came to um, Moriah, they could not drink the water of Moriah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Moriah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log and threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statue and a rule, and, and there he tested them, saying, if you will diligently Listen to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep his, all his statutes. I will put I will put none of the diseases on you and that I put on that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. God promised to 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 take care of them, to 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 take here in this passage. They, they grumbled, they complained, and God mercifully and graciously gave them sweet water to drink. But it, it doesn't end there. Look at chapter 16. They set out to Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of, of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the fifth day of the second month, after they had departed from the land of Egypt. It's not long. They just they just left Egypt. Look at verse two and the whole congregation of the people of Israel. Here it is again. Grumble against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Verse three and the people of Israel said to them, would that we have died, had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt uh, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to 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 the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. And guess what God did? They complained and God fed them. He, he gave them manna. Verse 9, uh, the, the, the congregation, they're grumbling again. They don't have meat. God, give, God gave them meat. And they, they, they grumbled. Turn to chapter 17. Chapter 17. It says all the congregation of the people of Israel moved one uh, from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. You think they would have remembered what God had done, right? You think they, God just, 
I mean, God is is God can control the Red Sea. God God uh, made the water sweet that was bitter. God fed them with manna. God fed them with meat. You you figure after all of these things, they will respond with thanksgiving and worship, or that they will seek God. <laughs> no. Look at verse two. It says, therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. Look down at verse number seven. It says, and, the, and they called the name of that place uh, Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord saying, listen, this is what <laughs> this God has been with them and look at what they what they said. Is the Lord among us or not? Rebellious, rebellious, unbelieving, grumbling people of Israel. They had hardened hearts. They rebelled. They tested God in the wilderness. And they did this for 40 years. For 40 years. That says something to us. You can come to church for 40 years and still be like it. You can be like Israel. Doesn't matter uh, uh, whether or not you come to church. What matters is whether you obey the word that you hear. That is what matters. For 40 years, the, the people of Israel tested God's authority. They tested his patience and, and they stirred up his anger for their sins. Look at verse 10. It says, therefore, this is a term of conclusion based on what has just been said about the people of Israel. God says, I was provoked with that generation. God was provoked or he was angered by their unbelief. And look what God says about them. They always go astray in their hearts. This word astray here, it describes a, a star that is wandering out of its orbit. It's, it's, it's like it's, it's not following the right path that it was designed for. And God is saying, Israel, the people of Israel, they always Go, go off of the path that they are supposed to be on, that, that God has designated for them to walk in. For 40 years, it, they, they refused to trust God. They, they refused to obey him. And, and, and that is what God called them to do. God called them as his people to obey him. And they refused to do it. They, they, they always go astray. And notice that the author says, in their heart. They rebelled, they had a rebellious heart, and they were always wandering from God in their heart. And, and heart really signifies the, 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 the entire being because it is the heart that directs the behavior of a man. So in their heart, they had gone astray. Uh, gone astray in, in every aspect of their being, their emotions, their will, their attitude, their behavior, they always go astray, the, the Bible says. 
And the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 10, that was read earlier, he said, with my whole heart, I, I seek you. He said, let me not wander from your commandments. This, this, is, this is not true of the people of Israel. They, they always go astray from God's word. They, they did not set in their heart to be obedient to God's word. And, and God says, they, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. Wait a minute. They, they saw all the miracles that God had done in their midst. And here it is. God says to them, they have not known my ways. For 40 years, these people were unfamiliar with God, even though God is working in their midst. They, they, they were unfamiliar. They, they, they didn't know his will. They didn't know his ways. They, they didn't know him. And beloved, I want to ask you, you see God working in the lives of his people in his church? Prayers have been answered. People have been saved. God is working in our midst. How have you responded to that? Have you responded with thanksgiving and praise and worship to God? Have you responded with obedience after you see God save uh, the lives of, of, of a sinner? After you see God uh, uh, graciously working in the lives of his people and even those who are not his people? How have you responded? Have you responded like like, you know, God? The people of Israel, even when they came to the, 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 the land of Canaan, y'all remember the story? They sent in the spies and the land was, 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 was flowing with, with milk and honey. And they come back and they had this, this, these, these big grapes carrying them back, you know, and, and they were saying, oh, the, the land is Canaan. It is just like God said. It is fruitful. It, 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 is a, it, it is for us. Did, did they say that? <laughs> no, they, they died. Matter of fact, turn to Numbers. Turn to Numbers, chapter 13. I hope the, these, these people should be getting on your nerves. You should be reading this and be like, they, how is it? How is it that they are doing this? Numbers 13. Verse 25. It says, end of the 40 days, talking about the spies, they had sent out spies to spy out the land for 40 days and said that they returned from spying out the land and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregations of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. Uh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and they showed them fruit of the land now I'm thinking, you know, they got these big grapes and they just look because I like grapes. They're showing them grapes, you know, man, it's luscious. 
It's, 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 we, we can go there and we can, we can live. Verse 27 said, and they told him, we came to the land to whence you sent, you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is the, its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw descendants of Anak there, and uh, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev, the Hittites, the Jezebites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea. Along and along the Jordan. These are the enemies of Israel that God had promised that they could destroy. But here it is. They're looking at the enemies as if God had not promised that they could go into the land and take the land. The enemies were bigger in their eyes than God's word and promise to them about going to the promised land. Verse 30, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go. This is what this is. This is someone who knows God. This is someone who knows God's ways. He said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we uh, which uh, we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. How did they know that? Was that was that did anybody get devoured when they went and spied out the land? And it says all and all those people that we saw in it are of great height. And talking about the, the Nephilim. But Israel, God, it, the people of Israel had God on their side, regardless of, of, of what, what, what they were facing. They, they had God on their side. And ultimately, they missed the opportunity. Remember that, that they refused to go into the land, and then Moses came back and, and said that, God said that you're not going to go into the land. And then when they heard that, they were like, oh, please, 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 God, let us go into the land. And God said, nope. And the only only people that went into the land was Caleb and Joshua. That whole all those people that came out of Egypt for 40 years that was in the wilderness, saw God's great works and the miracles that God did. God, God was merciful to them when they, they sinned and God was merciful to them over and over again. For 40 years, they, they saw this. They, they saw God's, God's work, and yet they continued to walk in unbelief. They came to the, to the land of Canaan. It's right there, and they refused to go in. They couldn't be convinced to trust and obey God. For 40 years, they could not be convinced to trust and obey God. And, and so God said to this disobedient generation, they will never enter his rest. Verse 11, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. These are, these are some strong words. And, and it was true. 
They they didn't. That generation died out in the wilderness. Even even Moses didn't get a get a chance to go into the land. So. So 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 what is this saying to us? If you sit under the word of God time and time again and you don't respond, no response, no response is no obedience. If you sit and you listen over and over again, that's not good enough for God. Just because you hear, that's not good enough for God. Because God has has done great and marvelous things uh, in the lives of the people in the Old Testament. And God has done great and marvelous things in our lives. We, we, we read about Christ. We, we know that Christ had, had, had come into the world. We know that Christ had died for us. God has done great and wonderful things through Jesus Christ, his son. And to hear of him Sunday after Sunday and, and with no response, that's bad for you. Notice what the author, he gives them a warning. Based upon what the people of Israel did and their disobedience, I mean, they, they knew God. They, they saw his works. They, they had Moses to lead them. They had Aaron. But look what the, the, the author said. You, you see all of this? You, you see, you, you understand all of this? He says in verse 12, take care. This, this means to be on guard continually. It, it means to, to keep a, to, to, to keep an eye out for it. To tend to. Take care, brothers. Least there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. The writer of Hebrews is exhorting, he says, his brothers, some are unbelievers, but, but he know that there are some in this group who profess to be Christians and really not. He says, don't let it be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. I know we all are sitting in this building. This, this, is, this, is, this is God's house for us. Perhaps you're watching online. Some of you may be true believers. Some of you may just be professing, putting it on a show for you, for, for, for everyone. And, and I want to say, and this, this even for us as believers to, to strive for obedience because a true believer don't want to have a, a evil, unbelieving heart. But for those of you who, who don't know Christ, you profess Christ, I want to want to say to you, I want to give you this warning from Scripture. Don't let, don't leave this place with an evil, unbelieving heart. Choose right now. Today is your day. Today is your opportunity. Today is the day that God has given you to respond to the truth about Christ, the truth about who you are 
as a sinner. God has given you the opportunity. This is the opportunity. You have life in your body, in your body. You're breathing. Today is your opportunity to come to Christ. Because if not, the more you sit under the word, the more you hear the word, and you continue in disobedience, the author says, this, this leads to falling away from the living God. Falling to unbelief. When you deliberately turn your back upon God, God will deliberately turn his back upon you. You say when? In eternity. When you stand before him, he will appoint you to a fiery hell. You, you won't experience his grace. You won't experience his mercy. You won't experience his goodness anymore. But for all eternity, you will experience the full wrath of God. So today, today, make a deliberate decision to trust and believe God and his promises in Christ. Today is your day. Put it in another way. We read about the, the, the exodus and it was a great miracle but God has done a greater miracle in Jesus Christ for you and for I he, he's done a, a greater miracle in giving his son Jesus Christ so, so, so beloved I, 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 I want to make this point again do not turn away take an opportunity today to, to, to submit to Christ to the truth about who Christ is Amen. Let us pray. Father, we have in the pages of Scripture a testimony. You, you have given us, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, you have given us examples. You have given us examples that, that we can observe and 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 look at and 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 look upon and and dwell upon and and see what it it is that that what it looks like to to turn away from you father we 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 as your people who know christ who 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 in a sense has experienced a, the great, a greater miracle than the parting of the Red Sea in salvation. We've experienced the greatest miracle that, that could have ever happened to anyone. Father, may we, in, in, in our lives, may we, we never grow cold in, in, in our love for you and for Christ and for your word. May we at those who know you, who know Christ, who has experienced his salvation, 
that that we we don't have the mindset of picking and choosing what we obey from God's word. We 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 pick the easy things to do, but but we avoid doing the hard things. May we not be like the people of Israel. I, I mean that that is to imitate the people of Israel to pick and choose. You have wrought a great salvation in Christ. And, and, and may we never, ever, ever, and when we do fall, help us when we, we, when we turn and, and we make a decision to disobey your word. And, and for those who hear, who, who know Christ, but have not made a full commitment to Christ. Father, I want to say to them, that's not sufficient. It's not sufficient just to know him. What God requires is that you, you once you know him, you submit your life to him. That, that you acknowledge the reality that you're a sinner and you need his salvation. You need his grace. And Father, I know that it is only you through your word that can, that can bring a, the, the conviction to, to your people and to those who are listening. It, it is only you that can, that can bring the, the conviction to, 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 to sin and, and the conviction that, that the, of the need of Christ. And so, Father, I, I, I close this prayer knowing that your word accomplishes that which you sent it forth to do and that your will will be done in our lives. And I close with this assurance. In Christ's name I pray, amen.